Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 95. Life can be really busy and full of lots of things to do, some that we want to do and some that we really don't want to do. And we're constantly bombarded with uh, text messages, social media notifications, and YouTube videos to watch. And that's why it's so important to take some time out to focus on what's truly important in our lives. And what we learn in today's devotion is that only one thing is needed in our lives, and that one thing is Jesus. I first encountered Jesus in a personal way in 1974. Soon afterwards, I heard a talk, and all these years later, I still remember it. It was given by an 80-year-old man. The title was The Five One Things. His talk highlighted five significant occurrences of the expression one thing in the Bible. Each one speaks about our priorities. One of those five occurrences is in our New Testament passage for today. I have great empathy with Martha. Jesus said to her, You are worried and upset about many things. There are so many things in life. But Jesus says, Only one thing is needed. It was Mary who had her priorities right. From Psalm 41 I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. The Priority of His Presence You can know God's presence and His pleasure in the midst of all the challenges of life. David had his worries and distractions. He had his enemies, and like Jesus, he says, Even my close friend, whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Be confident, as David was, in the ultimate triumph of good over evil. Know that God is pleased with you. David's overwhelming desire is that God would set him in his presence. Make this your highest priority. This is what you were created for. The presence of God satisfies your deepest need. Father, help me today to enjoy your pleasure and your presence in the midst of all the challenges and difficulties of life. New Testament, Luke 10 and 11 On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho where he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, but when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have.
Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The Priorities of Jesus What are your priorities? Is time with Jesus something you try and squeeze into your busy schedule? Or do you schedule your relationship with him as your number one priority? A learned theologian and lawyer asks Jesus, a layman, the billion-dollar question about the way to eternal life. Jesus gives us a model way to respond, and one we try to follow in small group discussions on Alpha. In effect, Jesus asks the question, What do you think? The lawyer gives the correct answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. This should be your highest priority. Your next priority is to love your neighbour as yourself. The lawyer then asks a question which shows he's looking for a loophole. He wants to make neighbour a term of limited liability. Family, friends, relatives, members of the same people and religious community. Jesus responds with a story about injustice. A man was travelling on a notoriously dangerous road, 17 miles long, with a 3,000-foot descent from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was carrying goods and valuables. He became a victim of injustice. He was robbed, stripped, beaten and left for dead. The religious leaders came along, first the priest, who had probably just been running the services in the temple in Jerusalem, and then the Levite, the assistant responsible for the liturgy and music, both saw the victim, but neither of them stopped. There are at least three possible reasons why they and we don't get involved. First, we're too busy. Possibly they were in a hurry. They didn't want to get involved in a time-consuming activity. Second, we don't want to pollute ourselves. Touching a dead body would have made them unclean for seven days. They would have not been able to enter the temple during this period. They might have lost their turn of duty at the temple. Third, we don't want to take a risk. Obviously, there were robbers around. This could have been a decoy for a possible ambush. The audience listening to Jesus would have been shocked by the eventual hero of the story. Jesus chooses their least favourite person. The Samaritans were a race despised by Jews, socially, politically and religiously. This is a story about a person of a different race and religion having compassion. The Samaritan provided practical help. It cost him time, energy and money. The story Jesus told shows that the lawyer asked the wrong question. The right question is not, who is my neighbour? But to whom can I be a neighbour? Jesus teaches the absolute and unlimited nature of the duty of love. Jesus came to destroy all the barriers 
the whole human race is our neighbour. Queen Elizabeth II said in one of her Christmas Day messages, For me, as a Christian, when Jesus answers the question, Who is my neighbour? The implication drawn by Jesus is clear. Everyone is our neighbour, no matter what race, creed or colour. He passed by on the other side is such an evocative expression. There are so many hurting people around us. Once you've seen, don't be like the priest and the Levite in Jesus' parable and pass by on the other side. The Samaritan took pity. As Jackie Pullinger points out, he put the man on his own donkey, not the church's donkey. He took care of him and he gave his money. Jesus says at the end of this story, go and do likewise. Draw near to people who are in need. Get involved and help them. You are never more like God than when you are helping hurting people, lifting up the fallen and restoring the broken. Try to make this a high priority in your life. Yet the next story shows that your ability to do this stems from an even higher priority. Mary had her priorities right. She sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She realized that although there were many distractions and worries about, there was nothing more important than simply sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. This should be your number one priority. Martha was too busy to take time to enjoy her friendship with Jesus when he came to her home. Not spending time with Jesus is the biggest mistake you can make in your spiritual life. Nobody on their deathbed ever said, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Many regret not spending more time on their most important relationships. It's probably no accident that the next story Luke tells is about Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. We see Jesus himself modeling the importance of spending time with God in prayer and the interest that sparks in his disciples. That is then the context for him to teach them the Lord's Prayer. The prayer starts with extraordinary intimacy with God as you're encouraged to call him Father. But a relationship with God should impact the rest of your life as well. Pray for daily provision. Pray your kingdom come and think of the sins you need to forgive in others and be forgiven in yourself. There are many different ways to develop a relationship with Jesus. Whatever way you do it, it needs to be your number one priority. Lord, help me to enjoy your presence. May I have the love and courage to lift up the fallen, restore the broken, and help hurting people. Old Testament from Deuteronomy chapters 2 to 4. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? The priority of relationship. Moses recorded how God had given them the land and had also given them the commands. Yet the greatest privilege for the people of God is not the land or the law, but the love of God. The Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. Furthermore, 
there seems to be an intentional connection between the way God's people were instructed to live and the impact they would have on the other nations. God intended them to be a highly visible example, both to the nature of the God they worshipped and as to the quality of social justice embodied in their community. In other words, following the example of the Good Samaritan has an evangelistic consequence. The law is an expression of God's love and desire to be close to his people. That is why they're urged, watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. The law was given in the context of the covenant. It starts with God's commitment to us and his love for us. Likewise, the new covenant starts with God's commitment through the death and resurrection of Jesus and through God's love being poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. You have permanent access to the presence of God. Father, help me to stay close to you, to live in your presence, sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing your words and going out and acting on them. Pepper adds, Looking at Luke 10 verse 38, I can sympathise with both Mary and Martha. I know the feeling of tearing around trying to prepare something while people are sitting around being spiritual and doing nothing when there's still masses to be done. But I also have experienced the times when I've been the one seated while others have been running around working hard. Both sitting at the feet of Jesus and practical serving are necessary in life. But sitting at Jesus' feet is better by far. Before we pray today, why don't you turn off your phone so then you don't get any notifications distracting you for the next 10 minutes or so and just take some time out to spend time with Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you're the only thing I need. Help me to realize this today and to want to take some time out to spend with you. Help me not to get distracted by the things that aren't important and help me to keep my eyes fixed on you today. In Jesus' name, amen.